Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, Power Partners. This is our informational playground. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. We're back with you again this week, as we are every week live here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. With you, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I hope to help seed and stimulate and support some positive space for really lively conversation around the dinner table. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Please visit bethestaryouare.org for more information to make a donation. Our teams are giving a pop-up concert actually this Saturday that is free. You may enjoy it. I love this miracle moment because I think it is just so astute. Never wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty and the pig likes it. (laughs) That's country wisdom. (laughs) Kind of the country wisdom that I grew up with. Well, today's show, we're going to be talking about the summer of 1967, where over 100,000 young people descended upon San Francisco, and then we'll go into uh, what it's like to be a flower child. But when I say that, I actually mean a garden flower child. But most importantly, in segment two and three, Heather Brittany, our uh, reproductive health specialist, will be with us. And she's talking about something that's very important. It's what you need to know about pregnancy. What's the ideal age to give birth? You know, did you know that women who give birth in their late teens develop more health problems than those who wait until their early 30s? All the things that you've always wanted to know but really didn't know how who to ask, Heather is going to uh, give us that information and uh, about fertility and, you know, all the struggles that women go through. So a very important show for today, and we hope that you will stay tuned, sit back, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy yourself. Well, you would probably remember the song from the Mamas and Papas that was sung by uh, Scott McKenzie, written by John Phillips. You know, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. It was the summer of 1967, and over 100,000 young people descended upon San Francisco. So it's just about 50 years ago this month. 
uh, into Golden Gate Park and the Haight-Ashbury area and to experience a season of love, peace, sex, drugs, and of course, rock and roll. The Summer of Love, as this counterculture revolution was called, celebrated with free concerts, performances, protests, flowers. Now, I never was a hippie, but I have always been a flower child. So this month, as we reminisce about 50 years of Make Love, Not War movement, I put on my beads, my headband, my rose-colored granny glasses, and I have been wearing flowers in my hair as I planned this July gardening guide for you. Now, no drugs are necessary to enjoy a euphoric trip down memory lane when the garden is brimming with colorful and edible specimens, magic mushrooms excluded. A romp on the wild side was a fun diversion as I plucked my very first juicy tomatoes and I watched the iridescent wings of the yellow swallowtails flutter between the violet blossoms of thyme and the budding tomatillos. Bees are swarming at the moment. They're swarming the lavender, the rosemary. Of course, they're gathering nectar for their honeycombs. But unfortunately, they're also dive-bombing the fountains and the swimming pools. So if you're going in the water, make sure you get the skimmer and take out the bees uh, or yellow jackets before you go swimming because hopefully you can save the bees so that they don't drown. But just know that if you're swimming, then they will climb on you and they will, um, they will, you know, bite. And that's not a good thing. So you don't want, uh, you don't want a bee bite. Now, because of the heat, um, I am continuing to rescue these bees and also ladybugs that have been landing in my fountains. My clematis is chock full of really beautiful, large, deep amethyst-hued blooms, and they just glitter in the sunlight. They really do look like amethyst. And pink and white striped morning glory, it's zigging and zagging through the golden euphoria, and it opens with the sunrises and it closes at the sunset. I find that interesting. Now, four o'clocks are another interesting flower that I have in my garden and they open at duh four o'clock now not always you know they're not exactly on time sometimes it's 3 30 sometimes it's 4 30 but it's always around that four o'clock period so not to be outdone the deep pink sword lilies commonly known as gladioli have unfurled their ruffled run side spikes amidst the blush bonica and the Dolly Parton roses. It really is a kaleidoscope combination of forms and textures and shapes and scents. And the landscape just adds kind of a memorizing and mesmerizing jolt of joy to every moment. When I'm ready to relax, I only have to venture into my orchard where the daisy light florets of the chamomile can make for a calming tea especially enhanced with a squirt of juice from the changellos. Another excellent medicinal tea is made from foraging for red clover. It's a wild perennial. It's rich in magnesium, potassium, vitamin C, and calcium. Now, the red or pink flowers have a mildly sweet flavor, and they're often used to ease uh, stomach discomfort or any menopausal symptoms, you know, like if you have hot flashes you can uh, get take some of this uh, red clover, and it is supposed to help with that. The leaves taste like alfalfa sprouts. Well, and that probably makes sense, right, because they are in the alfalfa family. And so you can toss the uh, alfalfa leaves into salads. You can also add dandelions, and you can saute the dandelions or the alfalfa sprout, uh, the alfalfa leaves and flowers. 
Um, you can add them to soups. I and mean, there's so much that you can do it do with it. Now, of course, if you're in the mood for something stronger than teas, this is a great time of year to muddle the mint into a mojito or a mint julep. You, I think you will really enjoy uh, both of those because they're very refreshing as well as cooling. And um, it's going to, it's really a fun thing to have is to be growing mint. By the way, if you decide to grow mint, make sure that you grow it in a pot or a container and do not let it get spread into your garden. Mint really can take over. Now, it's very easy to cut down, but it's not easy to eradicate. You can pull out the roots, but they grow by underground runners, and you can find the runners growing all over the place. So I had some errant mint that got out of control and went into my lawn, so now I can mow my lawn and it smells like mint. (laughs) Anyway, go into your garden and pick a few blooms, wear flowers in your hair, and if you are a gardener, just know you already are a flyer, a flower child. So welcome to this beautiful summer of love that is happening right now here all in San Francisco and, of course, all over the world. So here are a few uh, gardening tips for the month of July is to minimize your back strain by keeping your back straight, not hunched while planting or weeding, and avoid twisting and reaching overhead. That's actually a really good tip if you're sitting at your desk and working on a computer. I know I have a fault with that, is that I tend to lean over my desk and I lean into my computer. And I know that Sheryl Sandberg says to lean in, but I don't think she's talking about leaning into your computer. So um, you really do get a sore back when you do that. I know I stand up and I have to do some exercises. Create some walking paths with gravel, stepping stones, or bricks throughout your landscape so that you never compress the soil of your planted beds by walking in them. You can suppress weeds, retain moisture, and keep a consistent temperature in your soil by adding four inches of compost or mulch around your plants. You don't have to turn the compost or mulch into your garden or into the soil. Just add it on top. Now, be careful not to add too much because if you put too much, you'll actually suffocate um, the soil underneath and any plants that could be uh, growing. So, you know, two to four inches is really the best. Now, tomatoes are ripe right now, and there's nothing better to go out than to go out into your garden and, you know, grab a piece of basil and grab some tomatoes and just, you know, pop them in your mouth. My garlic, I just harvested my garlic last week, and I know this sounds crazy, but I just couldn't help it. I had to peel some back and do exactly that because being Italian, I love garlic, so I ate a piece of garlic with the basil and the tomato. And talk about yum, yum, yum. I did feel like the pig in the sty. Also, you could pick your tomatoes Uh, before they're really ripe, you know, maybe just when they get a hint of color and then put them on the countertop, never put them in the refrigerator, let them ripen there. The reason to do that is that as they ripen, bugs and insects and birds are going to uh, just dive in. I left some of my plums on the tree. I thought, oh, I'm going to let them ripen on the tree. I went back the next day and the birds had completely eaten them all. So, You know, it's probably better 
just to put things on the counter and let them ripen naturally. They certainly will. You can get some free recycled water very often from your uh, central sanitary district. So if you are in a drought or in a place where water is really expensive, as we are here in California, our water prices are going up, if you can believe this. Or supposedly we're out of the drought, but they're going up 9.5% starting in three days. And our sewer's going up 5%. And then next year, another 9% and another 5%. That is so, I just, I'm like, I'm so against it. 18.5 plus 10, 28.5% in two years. That's really, really bad. So you may want to call your sanitary district to see if they have recycled water. Normally what they do is that you have to bring your own containers and then they fill it up. It's not for drinking. It's only for your garden. And then don't forget that water can be very heavy at eight pounds a gallon. So you don't want to pour this down the storm drains and you don't want to drink it. Another thing you want to do this month is clear away the weeds, the grass, the dead vegetation, limbs, pine needles, um, debris, Uh, You know, anything that's in areas from around your house, because you want to safeguard your home from embers, it really is fire season, and we need to be uh, really vigilant to reduce the fire fuel laddering, which can happen. So make sure you do that. And then um, if you cut a bouquet of roses, it's so great. Roses right now are at their prime, and they will be for the next couple of months. And they just add a punch of stimulation. In the summer, I just love putting sunset colors on my kitchen table or, you know, in the dining room or, or around the house because they're so pretty. And, of course, fragrant ones. But the other thing that I've been doing is I've also been cutting the roses right at the rose petals, you know, right at the at the bloom, laying them on a cookie sheet and drying them, and then making those part of my potpourri. So that's another really cool thing to do, and it really maintains the color. Now, um, decorating your dinner plates with edible flowers. This is something that's really fun for summer, and you can decorate your patio parties as well this way. Here are a few of the flowers that are edible that are very pretty and so you can put them on plates you can add them to your platters whatever pansy elderberry calendula chamomile clover daisy nasturgeon rose snapdragon and violets and then you can remember that the urban fruit tree blossoms most of them are also edible if you have any questions always check but The blossoms from apples, bananas, basil, chives, citrus, peach, pear, pineapple guava, pumpkin. Uh, Let's see. Radish, rosemary. Yes, rosemary. Those are really, really good. I add those to everything. Squash, sunflower, and thyme. And then don't forget to irrigate early in the morning or late in the evening and water deeply and less uh, frequently. And repel pests and predators uh, while attracting beneficial pollinators by planting aromatic herbs. Again, rosemary, basil, cilantro, sage, fennel, and thyme. So I'm going to take a break. Break right now, and when we come back, our um, health specialist Heather Brittany will be with us, and we're going to talk about everything that is involving pregnancy, everything you need to know. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, thank you. We're so glad that you stayed with us. You'll be glad you stayed with us because Heather Brittany, our health specialist, is our special guest today. And we're talking about a really important issue, and that's pregnancy in women. Uh, What is the ideal age for pregnancy? It's like if you ask several people, you're going to get different answers. Some people think that you should be pregnant, you know. When you're in your teens or when you're in your 20s and other people want to wait, get their career, etc. But our bodies have a totally different answer. So let's take it away to Heather and find out what is the reality. Tell us what we all need to know about pregnancy. Yeah, well, you know, I think the truth of the matter is with everything is in everything in life, there are always the positives and the drawbacks about it. And um, surprisingly enough, even at all these genres and all these uh, variation of ages, there are things that can be positive towards your own body as well towards the pregnancy as well as the negatives. And uh, just kind of, you know, kicking it off, it's all those, everything what compiles into, and as everyone says, and as being someone that I am not a mother yet, but you are soon to be a grandmother and actually... Uh, potentially within the next 24 hours. Any day um, now, any day now, I could become a grandmother. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. And, and you know, and to put that into perspective is, if you don't mind me saying that uh, you have passed into your 60s and now just for the first time are becoming a grandmother and the times are different and that you yourself have two children, um, but your mother, my nanny, uh, grandmother, what, you know, had her first children, what, at eight, 
nineteen, nineteen twenty. When were you were? When were you were? When she yes, was right, right. That that was the thing. Everybody got and married. And that was the thing. You, eight, you, we got married, and you started having. You got married young. at eighteen or nineteen, and you tried right away so that you would have your babies right away. Yeah, and and there's that whole thing too. That um, interestingly enough, that you are the oldest of five. And I believe it was actually the youngest of the five who uh, was the first to have, was the first to kind of kick off the grandchildren. So I believe what nine became a grandmother in her 40s, in her 40s. So, yes, right. Um, and my sister kind of was a grandmother up. in her 40s. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So that's kind of the way, That's it's sort of a different uh, uh, way of doing things today, isn't it? I mean, it and, depends on the people. You see, just even with that trend, as you say that you know that uh, your mother had had you uh, at twenty, and then and and had five children, and uh, my father was also what, one of five or six, and that same thing, and that you had uh, your first child at twenty nine, and your but, uh, second right. and last child at thirty three. But what I think we and should now, we and should. it's just you see, and of two of how how trends start to go, how trends go and how things go, and that's why different recommendations and, and constantly, and this goes for everything really with new modern uh, technologies and well sciences and, and a whole nother tea for tea topic. I'll get into this whole dairy and thing. I just recently watched this documentary of like, oh my goodness, of government and influence and all this kinds of stuff, but these are the things that lay into it. As, as you've even been part of as a trending of having less children and having them at a later age. And, and part of this big phenomenon is women and the uh, change in life in women's roles and uh, modern feminism and that now is just life. And that second job and the second job being someone who is working all day and then coming home and being a wife and being a mom um, and all these different things. And there's so many things in life of why at different ages um, there are so many benefits and potential so many drawbacks in both ways. So kind of kicking it off, um, if you are between 20 and 25, and this is physically when your body is primed for pregnancy. Your fertility is high. Um, at this age, there are less chances of miscarriage, less chances of complications, uh, lower chances of diabetes, gestational diabetes, which can be something uh, that happens uh, during pregnancy. Um, also, uh, this can also be a different kind of thing that um, emotionally you might not be ready for it in this way, that in your young 20s into 25, I I look at myself in life and I think, wow, I have all these amazing experiences and things I didn't done. And I think, oh, wow, I never could have thought of, uh, of having a child because, as you know, your child, everything changes in that wonderful way. But it is something, it, uh, the biggest responsibility of your life. So that can be an emotional drawback for some, that some women um, experience that feeling of feeling left out, that they're missing their 20s, they're missing these adventures, and that sense of resentment can sometimes happen. Um, those, so those are things to consider. And also, too, maybe financially, um, this is, you know, you're just starting off in your financial life and you're just in, in your career. Um, there could be drawbacks to it. Again, there's all these are generalizations because there's always... Um, there are always things that are different than it, that everything, these are just sort of these, 
again, generalizations of things at this age. There can always be differentiations. Um, also, you know, your maturity level. I also think, um, wow, uh, the maturity things, things that I probably thought I was such an adult about. Um, and I think, wow, no, I was not. I could not have thought of uh, how could I be supporting myself and a child or, you know, just just irresponsible things or even things you thought you were being responsible with. Um, again, uh, you could just be kind of starting out in relationships. Um, sometimes, too, there's that growing period that we think about people we dated or people we were with in our um, younger 20s as we start to grow. These are the times, a lot of times, people are sort of finding themselves for the first time. They're out on their own. Um, you know, they're post, uh, for the most part, post-college graduate or experiencing these things in life. They were sort of establishing truly our sense of self. So sometimes um, that can get lost in before you can really establish your sense of self, that you're already establishing others' sense of self. So, pardon me, so sometimes those things can be lost. But also your body bounces back at this. There's this kind of thing that uh, you're younger and vivacious and you can do this. And also there's that first time there's that no fear of walking forward or being young. Um, the next thing is if you are near 26 to 34, which I fall into that range, and I was really happy this thing expanded into 34 because um, in my research of studying this whole study, when I get to the, to the end of the whole conclusion of our, of our show today, um, is what I found is this age range really is the prime of it. It's sort of that middle balance that um, 26 to 34, um, for women who are having a, a child at 34, which I will be next year, so everyone lay off, give me a little more time, and health terms, this is something... Yeah, well, you have to think of the I health, found, right? Yeah. I, I, found, I found it fascinating to think that at 34... And now I will say, even for myself, that um, I just turned 33 and now I'm already planning for 34. But I will probably say in the last two years, especially now, uh, I've been a vegetarian for 23 years now. And I really feel just in the last two years, I'm really, I'm slowly, I really hope I can go toward veganism because I'm finding just so much more about living into a plant lifestyle. But um, living the most healthiest of just, being physically active and doing in these, you know, all those kinds of things. That a surprising thing that said that women at 34, which um, also I believe my sister-in-law, well, now she technically just turned 35, um, uh, is likely in health terms to be 14 years younger than someone at 18 having. And that sounds crazy because we think, oh, at 18, that's when, you know, you're most... Viral. Uh, so it's saying that women who give birth in their late teens develop actually more health problems than those in their late 30s. And uh, what this is saying is that women um, who delay motherhood, especially women, um, they're protecting themselves because they're doing job, relationship, financial stress, um, all these kinds of things that your body becomes biologically susceptible to. Um, and I think even now as our society has progressed, you know, there's, there's so many things that with each generation, especially, I mean, you saw from the way you were raised to uh, how you raised us and how you're already seeing the preparation of for, you know, your first grandchild, um, what their first preparations of how certain things are always are just this maternal, this, this natural biological thing that's built in with us, but also as, more that we learn, um, 
things that we know that we've gotten rid of um, with certain raising children, or there's new kind of styles and new things. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think now uh, that this whole, you know, oh, being so clean about things or um, all the, you know, particular products uh, that people think, well, you know, I, you know, such and such happened and I, I survived or we did this. And that's very much true. Um, one trend I think is moving more towards is, again, really towards health and food-wise is that this less preservative in life. And there's this thing about this 26 to 34 age uh, range is that maturity-wise, um, these women tend to be that they've probably um, gone a little bit further in their career, relationship. They feel that more that sense of, I have done this on their own. As they said, that um, our young to starting to get to mid-20s, we're establishing that sense of um, ourselves. And um, there is that tend to be, um, at least I know for myself that I I, at least we felt, I felt that I've established myself and that now being married, we're trying to establish our sense of sharing that sense of each other and before we have something else. And so um, I feel like we have this sort of that pre-baby list of knocking off, uh, not to say that you can't have things with children, but saying, oh, you know, let's do all these traveling and this and this. Yeah, you uh, want to do things that you may not be able to do after, Right. Yes, and that's what they say that that best wise and this age group that people um, feel that they've done certain things. Again, there is always drawbacks with certain things. That now at this age, there are uh, things that before uh, uh, uh diabetes or birth defects. Things um, start to double. That there you are more susceptible to things. Also, your body amazingly bounces back a lot quicker at this age. Uh, people have kind of set up more routines. Uh, that kind of fades into the next things about routines. Sometimes we become really stuck in routines, and change can be difficult, and that goes into um, the 40s and plus. And with 40s and plus, uh, with that, there uh, the, the chances of miscarriages and health effects um, are incredibly increased um, just because you know, as you age, your body, uh, your body is aging too, as well as your eggs. And not that I hate saying that whole kind of rotten egg analogy, um, but your body just isn't producing the same healthiest cells as before. Um, also, your body, your metabolism slows down. You are more um, prone to disease, more prone to those aches and pains. Um, and something I forgot to kind of touch on with all that that I was touching on, on the very beginning. Um, is the sense of family and community. And this, there is that crazy thing that, uh, you know, as soon as you get married, it's always when you're having a baby and the, the, the grandparents suddenly want kids, uh, you know, or the parents want kids and that kind of thing, is the sense of family, of continuing on, continuing on uh, community. And, you know, drawbacks of having uh, children when you're younger is that your children Will know your grand, will know you, your parents, and thus their grandparents, and potentially even their great grandparents. Um, well, just as you, older, you were able you know, to know not only uh, your grandparents, but um, you know you get to know great grandparents. So that makes a difference. Exactly. Uh, I mean, not you I mean, personally, but like the and, kid, and, and, like your your uh, cousins. Kids, they got to know great grandparents. Your grandmother yeah, was a great grandmother to ten babies. That was a lot. And you know, and that's something you know, and that's actually you know, speaking from a personal standpoint, 
that this whole debate in our family uh, for grandmother, the woman you, you hear so much talk about is Nani, that uh, her real name is Alice, but that even, you know, when they say that, or do you even say grandmother, that sounds so bizarre, that she was just known as Nani. And many, that's a common Italian uh, name for Nani. That's just like saying grandma. But uh, in our family, that became infamous. And even though other, you know, she had sisters and other cousins that were known as nannies, too, when they became grandmothers, um, she was always sort of known as nanny. Like, you know, you knew who you were talking about. And so there's sort of been this emotional debate about, you know, carrying on that name. And one uh, aunt, your sister, um, who has now passed away, that she was so into cowboy, and and uh, my my gosh, my second co- your my goodness, uh, my cousin's son, uh, he she he actually got to know Nani, and so Nani, her my aunt became cowboy Nani, and so that you want to become star Nani, and I realized those things that. Uh, this new coming baby actually will never have any reference of who, who Nani was. So it is like everyone right. can become this new Nani. Well, so that was something that amazing, we talked about you know, once again, before. Drawbacks and that is generation. that the sad part about leaving a legacy is that for the most part, after three generations, there is no, um, people don't know you anymore. So people, you'll know your parents, you'll know your grandparents um, or know of them. And hopefully, and you know, you might know something of your great grandparents, but after that, it's kind of over. And so that's kind of sort of a sad thing, you know, unless you become a very famous person and, you know, everybody, every, the whole world knows about you, but we're just talking about the family, the family. But, you know, getting back to the health reasons, it sounds like a really good time then to have your baby is the mid 20s to your mid 30s. And then after that time, it gets a little bit, um, a little bit more shaky. Am I right? Yes. And one of the things is because this age, this age graph between twenty six and thirty four. Um, I mean, think about all things. When you think about your friend groups, uh, it sounds bizarre if you were to think when you were. 22 being friends with a 14, hanging out with a 14-year-old, that sounds preposterous. That sounds illegal and sounds like, why would you be doing that? Um, but then we think of my friend groups. I think of when I was in my early, mid, late, I, I mean, now I have friends in their 40s and 30s and late 20s. There's this sort of that middle ground where you just kind of blend with everyone. And that's also another thing when it comes uh, with having children at very age ages is that sense of um, connection, that it can be very isolating being a mother if you don't have uh, friends in that initial group or, you know, a lot of times um, what can kind of separate people is when certain people start having friends, or start having friends, start, when certain friends start having kids, that, um, that, you know, soon they start to identify more with people who have kids because you're, you have that sort of that lifestyle because now, you know, the thought of going out at 9 o'clock sounds crazy because that's when you're already asleep and you're praying the children are too. Um, and versus someone who doesn't have children. Um, and, and also that changes at certain groups because sometimes, you know, if you have children a lot later on, you don't have friends in those certain groups anymore. And so it's, 
it's also this sense of connection in life, life and friends and uh, and people. And again, these are all generalizations, but there's always exceptions for the rules, and it doesn't mean you ever even have to have children. Um, but when it comes to it, there are all these things, again, health-wise and mentally-wise, the way our bodies bounce back, the way uh, we metabolize things, the way just in general, um, as our history has shown that, you know, and you can continue to as long as, essentially, as long as women are fertile, as long as they are still having a period, you know, they're exactly going through menopause. Um, that's why you hear of these, you know, sort of, abnor- you know, anomalies in a way of, of women in their 70s or something having... Yeah, but aren't those usually doing, possible. aren't they usually taking kinds of, all kinds of drugs and stuff? I know that uh, I mean, have, uh, yes, I, and, I mean, you can definitely have it 100% natural. Um, you do, in later years, there tends to be uh, more multiples. Uh, sometimes that they just show that that can just tend to happen, but also um, sometimes people tend to be if they're they're trying and doing in vitro. In vitro is electively known for um, having uh, multiples sort of happen. So um, these things just tend to happen over time. Um, but again, um, again, it is possible to get pregnant at any age. Again, from your first menses, that's also why you hear of. Uh, unfortunately, or even, you know, at younger times what we read of because of due to health times of living into your 30s was was considered old age that, you know, as soon as people were, had a first period at 12, 13, you know, they were married and having children. Um, now when we hear of those things, we you know, that's unfortunate, but it is physically possible if, when we're saying these things. Um, also, there are many, many drawbacks of having at that young age, as we know, um, as well as having very, very old. And, and things to, to think of just as a parent, um, I mean, I'm in my young 30s, and I already have those aches and pains and, uh, you know, have to Well, that's what I was going to say. I can't imagine. It's, again, wanting, this is, yeah. And it I also, it also depends, to too. In your late 40s, early 50s. Age is a generalization that I know people who are in their young 20s who are incredibly unhealthy and unfit and, and you know, are out of breath with things. And I know people that are in their mid-50s that could outrun us all. And, you know, and so it, it, it's, age is one thing, but it's also how you age and how you take care of right. yourself. Well, I was um, reading which allows an article, I was reading that if you're between 35 and 40, one in five women in this age group are going to have trouble conceiving. And at about 38, the fertility level really uh, dives down. And then um, I guess that's when you really have to worry uh, more about um, miscarriages and all of that because one in four pregnancies in that age group, 35 to 40, is going to end in a miscarriage. And that's, you know, that's, um, that's devastating as well. But, you know, the, the prenatal screening and all the things that they have now, all the diagnostic tests, are so advanced. It seems that, um, I suppose that it helps women be healthier and more attuned to their bodies and more attuned to, you know, if they're going to be able to conceive? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Well, again, that's something, too, with, with these older ages that um, there's more options, too, and that people, 
you know, are sort of living, you know, living their lives. And, and you know, you even hear younger women who are still in uh, conceiving age that are freezing their eggs, for, that have children yes, now. Yes, right. And saying, I'm freezing my eggs for later. Or, you know, or things, uh, thinking that even, you know, to use a surrogate or something, is that, um, you know, modern science is, is crazy. And I'm sure, you know, as, as time, you know, from 10 years from now, it probably won't even be an issue. I mean, there's, there's so many, you know, just continuously new advances what are going on. Um, but, you know, again, at, at any age, there's always drawbacks and positivities. Yeah. Um, well, and, and then I just was looking at um, 85% of women older than 35 are married. And so one of the, the positive things about that is ideally you're going to have your partner's physical and emotional support. And probably if you're a bit older, you should be financially a little more stable. So that lends, you know, and as you said earlier, you've gotten a lot of the craziness out of your system, you know, and a lot of the, you know, all of the things that you needed to do in in your early times. However, I know people who did have their babies really young in their 20s. And so now they're really, I mean, they kind of grew up with their kids. They're really young moms. And it seems like it's kind of an important thing to um, look at your group of friends and who you're going to associate with and see what everybody else is doing. Because as you said, so much of it is kind of about your community. And those are the relationships. I know most of our really good friends are people that we met because of our children. You know, whether they were, whether it was in a Lamaze class or any birthing class or preschool, etc. So I think your chronological age is important as far as your health goes, but it's also important as far as your friendships and your social circles. Exactly. And, you know, I think when it comes down to it, too, um, it's also, it's you. It's not... Um, don't give into any of the social pressures of feeling, oh, my friends are, or my family. Because when it comes into it, you are bringing a human, not a puppy, not like a actual right. someone right. who is now eventually one day going to be living and breathing the exact same stress as you are contemplating now. Um, that it is such a personal thing. And I feel um, that more and more, you know, People, the older you get or the younger, it really is such a personal decision for yourself. And so um, saying that it is something, a planned pregnancy and something intentional, um, I think any age, it's truly finding what is for your own life and for your own benefit because, again, uh, there is the health-wise and this girl, you could be completely healthy, but there also is the financial, the emotional. Uh, There are a lot, there are so many, I don't want to say draws, but there are, uh, things, tools that you you need again. That su- support system you need. You need to have that own sense of identity. So whether it's at eighteen or forty eight, um, it's finding what is the best for yourself. Well, and you know, Always. with that, with that being said, uh, having a child is not for everybody, and so I think that is something that is really a, a very important conversation to have with your spouse or your partner of, uh, you know, who, if you want children, I mean, it, it can be a conversation that can break you apart if one person wants the chi- wants children and the other one 
doesn't want children. But if you both don't want children, it's there's no reason. In fact, that would be a bad reason to bring a child into the world because as you, uh, as everyone knows, as much joy as children bring, it's a lot of work and it's a commitment for a lifetime. It is not just a few years. It's not while they're babies. It's not while they're teens. It's a, your entire life and you created a family. So you have to think about that. We, we have friends who have been married, you know, many years now, like 25 years or more, and they have no children, they never wanted children, and they're completely, completely happy just that way with no children. That was the, that's what they want. So I think, you know, there's something to be said for being really, really, truly honest with what your needs are and what you want to do. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think about... Yeah, and so how are you feeling getting ready to... I think about... Well, what I wanted to say is I think about who are what I call, who we called growing up Annie Cleo. Now, Annie Cleo was this character. She really wasn't our real aunt. She was actually our landlord <laughs> when my dad first started renting um, rent or leasing our ranch up in Napa Valley. She was the her, she and her husband were the landlord. And when my mom had me, her husband just was because they had never had any children. So her husband went crazy over me as a baby, and they decided they wanted to be called aunt and uncle, and they never had been called aunt and uncle. Well, after he died, uh, she kind of just decided to gravitate towards our family, and she was Annie Cleo to all of us. I mean, and she was as close a relative as a blood relative. She practically lived with us. And what was interesting about her is that she was a schoolteacher, and for 50 years, she taught school. She taught third graders. And that was, she had a couple of reasons that she didn't want kids. One was she said that her children in her classroom were her children, that she had to put so much energy into helping them become the best people that they could become that she didn't want to have, be distracted by having children. The other reason was she had this adorable little figure. And, you know, she was a product we don't know when she was born, but she obviously grew up in the 1920s. And um, I mean, when she died, she was over 100. She was really, you know, she was really old, but she always thought young. And uh, she she had this flapper figure, and she didn't want to lose her figure. And that was another reason. She didn't want to get pregnant because of that. And the third reason was that she she just wanted to have fun all the time and not have any other responsibilities. So it was so much better for her great. to be Annie Cleo. I think that's incredibly responsible and awesome because yeah, she no, didn't have to perform to anyone else's so ideals. In the town, being there a is a school. Is, she has that's a whole school. A modern woman to me. She's a modern day Cleo. Yeah, she uh, she has a school named after her, the Cleo Gordon School in Fairfield, that's California. Awesome. Yeah, and we went when I was I think I was a teenager. We went to the dedication of the school where she had taught for 50 years. But she was hysterical. She was just tons of fun. And, um, you know, she was everybody's favorite, favorite wild and crazy aunt. And so you're right. I look at her and I think that what she did was very responsible. She felt that it was her job to just teach the kids in her third grade class and help them be great, and she wasn't going to do it on a personal level. So it really is a personal decision, but I do think that it's something 
that's really important that is discussed um, with your partner before you're married? Yes, and I think looking at, at the world and economic terms and if you can afford one and if you want a child to be brought up into the environment that you're living in, if you are capable of being a parent, um, if you think that everything else going on is great and uh, that everyone else is doing such a wonderful and awesome, great job that uh, you should be teaching uh, children as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's 100% a personal thing, and I think, again, there's there's reasons and whys, and I think it's wonderful for all the mothers. So, Heather, for our listeners, I don't know if you are up on this, but but I do want to ask the question. So for people who are having a problem getting pregnant, which seems to be a really big epidemic these days, is that because people are delaying pregnancy and because they're on birth control for so long, et cetera, uh, at least what I read, and I don't know for sure, but, but what I read is that there's an upswing on women not being able to get pregnant. So what are some of the options for people if they have been trying for months or years and they really do want to get pregnant, but they're not able? What are some of the options that are out there right now? I think it's always the same options before. You're talking about in vitro or adoption? Uh, I I don't know in in relation well, to yeah, no 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 I'm talking asking, about is yes. that there always well I know that there's obviously there's adoption I'm before. talking about yeah I'm talking about are there certain drugs that you can take is it uh, uh, in vitro is do you have to do um, to do surrogate you know insemination what do, what are are there anything I would that's been new that. in the last I wouldn't go years? to speak on it I'm not up to, I'm not up to on the things but I know it's similar as before I you know if if people if are having difficulties I know that there there are options and medications and I know things can be sort of invasive because you have to do daily hormone shots but um, it all just depends on, um, you know, your financial ability to it because things um, such of that nature are usually not covered by insurance and can be, um, like, upwards of $20,000 for rounds. Um, but there's always many options in surrogacy, adoption. Um, you know, I, again, speaking with your doctor, I, I don't know... Currently, I don't know personally. Unless, uh, do you know about certain drugs? Is, is that an no, article you know, that you read? I, I don't. I I really don't. I don't know. But I just have had people say that they are they're trying, you know, different things. And I do think it is very, you know, if it is very expensive, you have to have the money to try to go through it and the perseverance because. Just because you do in vitro, it doesn't mean it's going to work, mm-hmm. right? Oh, goodness, 100%. I have had friends personally that have gone through it, and it's rather expensive, and it can be really heartbreaking, too. So, um, But there is, you know, um, you know, oddly enough, I always seem, it seems to be that uh, when you're not trying, it seems to happen that when when people have gone through exactly all this right. stuff, that when they just say, let's just do the old-fashioned way, it just happens. So 
um, you know, whatever will happen will happen. So. Well, a lot of times you can't get pregnant because you are um, so stressed out about it. But mm-hmm. if anybody's wondering, most people know what in vitro is. It's when you bring the egg and sperm together in a laboratory setting to uh, achieve the goal of fertilization. And then after the egg is fertilized, it's implanted back into the uterus and hoping that it's going to take and that an embryo will form. But that always, you know, it doesn't always happen. And as you said, it can, it can be very, very costly. And, of course, when they take the eggs, you can freeze them for future attempts. But um, success rates for women under the age of 34 um, on is usually like 30 to 40 percent and as you get older it drops that's what I know and so some people use IVF and they use donor eggs and that could increase your chances of becoming pregnant but um, it's not for everybody so always consider adoption as well because just like pets there are lots of humans out there that would love to have a really good home well do you want to just wrap it up Heather we're out of time yeah, most definitely, as you said, that there are emotional, physical, financial uh, ups and downs uh, of any age of having pregnancy or not. Uh, just know uh, that it's such a personal choice and that these are all just generalizations based off uh, facts of things and data. But I always like to think of no one ever called me and asked me these questions, so where are they getting all these data reports from? Um, but, I always wondered uh, that, too. Overall, I, I wondered that, too. Although I will say, Heather, a lot of times when I make a call somewhere, um, they'll say, would you like to take a survey after this call? And I say no. You know, or uh, so maybe it's because I always say no. I don't have time to take a survey. Maybe that's why they're not asking us. Well, great yeah, segment. Maybe, um, maybe that's just, the thing. So I guess that's so. Probably, maybe that's why. I'll that's have to probably, look into yeah, that. That is probably But either it. way, at any time for that. But of all things you could do at any age is always listen to the show or donate to a charity. So go to bethestoryart.org as well as starstyle.com. Anything you want to add, Ms. Cynthia Bryan? Well, I just want to thank you, Heather, for being on the show to talk about pregnancy and, of course, encourage any listeners who are considering pregnancy, obviously, your first step, talk to your partner and then talk to your personal physician and just get the facts before you move forward because there are a lot of uh, opportunities and a lot of options. And I want to thank all our listeners for letting us into our your life every week. We'll always be with you here Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. live Pacific time on the Voice American Network. If you want more information about what I'm doing, and I've got a couple of books coming out now and Growing with the Goddess Gardener should be out by the end of July, visit CynthiaBryan.com. Make a donation to our charity, BeTheStarYouAre.org. Or if you just like to type a few letters, just type btsya.org and you can find out what's going on. We always hope to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. And so until next week when we celebrate together again, just remember this. Love always wins. Kindness always prevails. And smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. And hopefully by this time next week, I will announce that I will be a 
grandmother. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.